Welcome to the Podcock Podcast, man. It's been a long time. We're back. Took a little siesta, a hiatus, if you will. But uh, we got a full boat. Uh, Bryce Baumgartner is on the program. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm I'm doing uh, probably about as good as the USA men's ba- uh, national basketball team out there. Ouch. Just kind of struggling. Brutal. Struggling. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, the other voice you heard, uh, that's voice for those who can't talk. Uh, Bobby Russell, what's up, my dude? Hey, I, I'm glad to hear your guys' voices. I had a nice little summer break, but football season's back almost, so I'm, I'm ready. Yes, yes, magazine season's here. Um, also, yeah, I think uh, media days will be within the next week or two for each of the conferences. Uh, we're going to do the Power 5 conference preview series here on the podcast. PCAST. We're going to start with the uh, West Coast, the Pac-12 tonight. Uh, three segments. We got... Segment one, best of the best. That was a draft where the three of us will take the best uniforms, stadiums, head coach, player, and a game that involves a team in the Pac-12. I didn't explain that to the guys in our little pre-show meeting, but um, for this one, as long as the team is represented in the Pac-12, it could be a non-conference game, if you will. So uh, best uniform, stadium, coach, player, and game. Uh, segment two, we will give our tiers. Let you know how we think uh, the Pac-12 will kind of shake out. Each one of us will go through those. And then uh, we'll let you know at the end who's going to go play for the Pac-12 championship, who's going to win it, and uh, does the Pac-12 finally get into the playoff? Um, We'll give a percentage chance or whatever. So um, if you guys are ready to roll, um, not unless you guys have anything to add before we start. God, no. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the let's get this one over with, guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let all right. Let's start. Let's go with Bobby, Bryce, and myself, the draft order. Um, Bobby, you have the first pick. Uh best uniform in the pack twelve. Um and I mean it's pretty self explanatory. Um uh, you know, you can just go all, overall color scheme. If a helmet strikes you fancy, whatever. Uh, your criteria, it's kind of uh, a freestyle here. But uh, who are you awarding the best uniform in the Pac-12 this year? Ooh, pick one. Pick number one on the best uniforms. I, I know I know the uh, the favorite here is to go to the obvious with the most combinations, but I'm not going to. I mean, uh, they're kind of played out. They, uh, they had a good run there when they had Marcus Mariota. Th- those uniforms, that era of Oregon uniforms were – Probably the perfect one they've ever had. I'm not going to go with them, though. My favorite uniforms in the Pac-12 belong to the Colorado Buffaloes. You got, you got Ralphie on the helmet, that gold. Reminds you of Cordell Stewart. Uh, you know, the black jerseys. You get the snow. It's got that black and gold, that kind of off gold, too. Not not like Iowa gold. It, it, it just screams Colorado it's just a classic uniform you think back to the 90s and the 80s when they had those great teams when they were in the big 12 um and then Ralphie's probably top five mascot in all of college football I know we did a uh, mascot draft last year and uh, I think he was taken but that, that that's my favorite personally and I think it's the best one going right now I like that pick he that was on my short list um of uh uniforms all right so uh Bryce you are second in this category. Um, um, yeah. What's your number one? So I'm kind of going just personal preference here, a, a little bit of kind of like what Bobby said, just something that kind of always stood out to me as a classic um, 
I don't know why it tickles my fancy. I think it's the color scheme. I think it's uh, the contrast between their rival. Um, I'm going to go uh, the UCLA Bruins here. I like what they've got going on. I like the I like the cursive helmet. I like the baby blue. I like the gold pants. I know it. Maybe some of you guys don't, but for me, I think it's just something. Something gets me going about that. Yeah, you could love I it love or that. hate it. Love it or hate it. You know, I think you're you're one of those guys. So. Yeah, yeah that, I I agree with your your point there. The contrast with the with their main rival, um, and then I think UCLA and Colorado they just have you know think back to like those classic helmets like the navy gold, the Irish gold, Colorado gold. That gold helmet just sticks out with like the gray face mask, the classic look. I, I like that pick a lot. Well, that leaves me left on the board. Um, actually, both you guys took. Two of my three I jotted down, so I'm going to go USC here. Um, just a classic uniform. Um, the Trojan on the helmet. They kind of have that shoulder strap thing. I mean, they brought that back in the mid-2000s with Palmer and, and Liner and those guys kind of paying a homage to, um, uh, I guess, the OJ Simpson, Marcus Allen ba- back in the back in the day. But uh, clean uniform, I think both. Home and away jersey looks good. Um and then one thing USC does that is, is kind of that old school classic look. Uh, they always go with the black cleats with the white uh, shoelaces through them. Um, back in the day when that's pretty much all you could buy. But right. uh, lo- love SC. Um, great color scheme too. So uh, I'm going with the Trojans. Um, all right, let's move on. Not unless you guys have anything to retort or no honorable organ. mention. No, oh, I mean, I just think Oregon, it's like it's too much. Yeah, like I like their grandpa, but I like, I like the old one, the the nineties style. Yes, it's like that that green. I don't know, kind of underneath. I feel like some of these teams in the Pac twelve too. They try to do too much with their uniforms and change them too much. Like even Oregon State, like when uh, like the Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, Oregon State, that those are clean. That beaver logo, and now with like that neon orange, and like they have like the stripe that goes down through the face mask, it just doesn't work. I, and I think they're trying too much to to jazz it up because their product sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, all right, Bryce. Bryce, I, I'm scared of you in this category because I mean I'm speaking for myself, but maybe I'm I'm discounting Bobby a little bit here, but I think. You're going to be a ringer in the stadium draft in every conference because I feel like you've done uh, the most college football traveling. But hey, rules are rules. You, with the alternation here, uh, have first pick in the stadium series um, or stadium subject. So uh, give us the best Pac 12 stadium. So I've really only visited, I've only visited, okay, I've been to two of the games and so two so I, i'm i'm completely botching this here um <laughs> it's a difference between like going outside a stadium when there's not a game going on versus actually going to a game you know uh, whatever right. fuck it yeah, yeah. Uh, boy like i said usa men's uh men's basketball team here um so i'm i'm a little torn because i really liked one stadium i saw i just was never there for a game at atmosphere so i'm just going to go between the two i've been to and uh i am going to go with uh, a little bit of Bobby's pick there and go Folsom Field, kind of contrasting mm. up the jerseys. That, that guy's, I, I tell you what, one of the prettiest 
sites in all of football. Um, just right there in Boulder, right up against the uh, the Rockies. Um, I think I would assume, yeah, it's the Rockies. Just the just gorgeous. Um, as far as the stadium goes, yeah, it's a little outdated. I know they put a lot of renovations go into it. I don't know if that they're completely done, but man, it's just nice press box, um, easy access. They were allowing booze. Um, it looks cozy. It's just cozy. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not too big, but you could tell, like, you know, maybe a night game that place could get rocking. I think we've seen that uh, somewhat recently. They had uh, who they play. There was like a big game out there. They lost it. Um, ah, shit. This is this is bad. It's a bad podcasting. But well, um, well in, in twenty sixteen, they were the Pac twelve. Well, they were in the Pac twelve championship game and won ten games. So I mean, yeah, it could have been. Might have could been. been a, a big Utah game or USC or, or one of those. It, I, yeah, it might have been a USC game. But anyway, um, it was – I saw him play Hawaii so at, at noon. So there you go. Um, <laughs> it was a $5 ticket, uh, walk right in, um, and then probably left by third quarter. It was just a terrible game. <laughs> like, it was a good game competitively. But I was like, I'm over this. I'm getting sunburned. So uh, we bounced. But, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, Folsom Field. All right, I'm up next. Uh, my number one is still on the board. Of course, I'm going to take it. Um, I'm going to go Washington. Husky Stadium yes. right there on the water, sailgating. Uh, they got kind of that awning on uh, what would be, I guess, the home side. Uh, traps in the noise, it's loud. And I guess maybe it's because there's so many digital like scoreboards on television, but that was one of those places back in the day, like you could tell how raucous it was because the camera would be shaken uh, back in the day when you actually had to physically put a camera on the play clock, the game clock in the, in the score. Uh, and that was one of those camera shaking, um, you know, stadiums back in the day. Um, they've had a few good years here of recent as well, kind of a little bit of a resurgence, but uh, that place plays. Um, I missed the track. Weirdly enough, back in the nineties they, they had the track around there as well. But um yeah, Husky Stadium. Uh the Seahawks played there for a little while when they were renovating their place. Um, but it's I think what okay, my guess was my guess was a little high. I was gonna guess it probably seats eighty thousand, it seats seventy thousand, but Yeah, I would have said probably sixty. 50 so, or 60. Uh, but, it's not big. But it, it play it always looks like kinda like you your pick, Bryce of uh, Folsom at Colorado just looks like a, a cozy place where like, even if the game's not great, uh, just your surroundings uh, makes a nice view and you can make the most out of that. So give me the, give me the Washington Huskies. That's the, my best stadium. Um, all right, we'll go Bobby. What's oh, up man. here? I mean, there's so many good options still left on the board. Um, you know, I, I think I got to take this one just because, it's still there. Um, it, it's probably probably our favorite bowl game. You know, they play there January 1st every year at the Rose Bowl where UCLA plays. Um, I think it's a treat that they get to play there. I think it's pretty cool. Um, throughout the year, that field, it, it still has that same tent of green that you see on the TV on New Year's Day. Um, and then with that baby blue, it, it just really pops. Um, night games there when UCLA plays when they're good. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I, I think just like the atmosphere around that stadium and just the history um, speaks enough for itself there to where whenever you hear the name of the Rose Bowl or the Rose Parade, you, you 
automatically think of like 10 different things, like 10 different memories. And I, I think that's a lot, a lot of what college football is about for, for us, especially is like those memories and like talking about it and remembering it and those, those perfect times. Yeah. I even remember it was a season opener. Uh, Texas A&M went out there and played week one or week zero. as the year UCLA came back from like yeah. down 30 down. And I was just thinking like, you know, that, that's, not upper echelon, but two recognizable uniforms and helmets uh, in the Rose Bowl. And I don't even know if – I don't even think it was a sellout, but a good crowd. I know UCLA has a hard time getting that place full. But even that game, it, I think it, it magnified uh, that game just being played in the Rose Bowl. And no offense to Kyle Field. Uh, if it was at A&M, it might have been, you know, special. But I don't think as special. The Rose Bowl definitely – it plays – beautiful it's just a, it, it was a it was a dream I'm not going to go into my spiel about the Rose Bowl I'm not going to bore people but um just like you almost want to like tear up walking into it. it's like walking Augusta I guess kind of like just wow here it is I'm here I made it <laughs> like I can die now I guess <laughs> all right I'm first up with the coaching uh portion of the draft uh maybe you guys might be surprised. Maybe you're going to be like, damn, I wish he was still there. But I'm going to take Kyle Whittingham from Utah. Just consistently gets uh, the most out of uh, his Utah Utes teams. Been there a long time. Uh, I believe he was the successor when Urban left. Um, and he's just been – you know, they haven't been great, but they've kept their head above water and, and stepping up in competition when he took the job moving to the Pac-12. Yeah, he's been there 17 years. Um, he's he's just solid. They put pros in the league. There's always you know, a special teams guy or a little slot receiver, a defensive lineman. Um, and I feel like they punch above their weight. So uh, give me Kyle Winningham from Utah. Uh, Bobby, you're, uh, uh, you're up second here. Yeah, it's tough to remember a bunch of these coaches because there have been so many changes recently. I, I almost said uh, – Chris Peterson, the guy that came from Boise State, last year, <laughs> but but he's not there anymore. No. Um, the, the guy I'm going to go with, I think probably the longest tenured coach in the Pac-12 right now, uh, David Shaw, uh, been there, I think he's been there about 10 years now or something like that, took over for Harbaugh when he left. Uh, you know, Stanford, much like Notre Dame, you have to recruit the players that can make the grades there. And so, you know, you're not always going to get a five-star athlete. You might not even get a ton of four-stars but you're getting smart, hard-nosed kids. And that's what Stanford football is all about. You know, they line up in, like, the old Maryland eye. They line up with, like, four tight ends. And they just beat the beat the, beat the the ball down your throat. And uh, David Shaw, it's a guy you never see, like, losing his shit on the sideline. He's always calm. He's always, like, that face of Stanford. And uh, I, th- I think that stands out a lot for them and has helped them with their success, just having that stability there. Yeah, he he was on my board, uh, and he's been rumored never took one, but uh, every off season NFL firings, David Shaw's always on that that uh, a list of guys that can make that jump up to the next level. Um, all right, Bryce, close out the coaching Boy, uh, category. Really <laughs> I mean, me with the... <laughs> listen, I mean... when I was going through these, though, this was by far like out of the Power Five conferences. This was definitely the toughest. I yeah, feel like you know. I'll just I'll just say this. 
You play to win the game. Oh, Herm. Oh, hey, give me, give me Herm Edwards. He's gonna fire me up. That's all I need. He's got. He, he, he might be, <laughs> might be under like an investigation or two. But uh, um, I just know if I go there, he's gonna get me like some, probably some JUCO transfer or somebody that's like a stud, but like high high risk, high reward type type guy. Um, so yeah, fuck it. I don't want Chip Kelly. So <laughs> I'll just I'll take I'll take I'll take her. Right, Chip Kelly's still coaching at UCLA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. See, that's that's Pac-12 football right there. Yeah, I um, think I think he he was kind of a miss. Maybe I don't know if he's quite that echelon yet or hasn't proved it yet. Um, maybe Mario Cristobal at Oregon could have made uh, oh. one of the three selections too. Good recruiter, yeah. but well, that's I mean, he he's he, yeah. he's still unproven now. If you think about it, uh, he's only been there four years, so I guess those are a couple um, a couple names that we left off as honorable mentions. All right, Bobby, you're back in the number one poll um, position here with the best player. Who's the best player uh, in the Pac-12 going into this year in your eyes? Ooh, that's a that's. I think that's going to be tougher than head coaches, honestly. Um, just not knowing that conference that well. Um, I'm going to go with a defensive player from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. That's uh, the easy end. answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the few games that they did play last year, we saw him. And I think he was in the backfield of him like every play. Um, I think he's huge, probably going to be top 10 draft pick this year. Um, but I, what else can you say about him that hasn't been said already? Yeah. All right. Uh, um, Bryce, you got a wish, selection at number two. I wish I could clone him. Um, no shit. Yeah. Give me, um, God, there's another defensive. Yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't just start talking. Um, the kid from the kid, the gunslinger from USC, Mr. Slovis. Okay. Keaton Slovis is off. Give me him. I I actually like Slovis. Um, I know there's some people out there that kind of thought Daniels was a better option there, but he tore his knee out and Slovis kind of took over the job a couple years ago out of necessity. But I, I do like that kid. I mean, is uh, he the best quarterback in the country? No, but uh, I do think he's the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Yeah, and, you know, I think he's – He's efficient. Completes a lot of balls. Um, you know, I, I could see him being like a second or third rounder pick type type guy. Kind of, um, you know, maybe he could he could play himself into the first, depending on how kind of your top top tier quarterbacks do. But who knows? I mean, USC quarterbacks usually I don't want to say get overdrafted, but maybe. So I'll take them. And who else am I picking from? I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm up. Um, I'm gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take Jarek Broussard, the running back, kind of an unheralded little scat back guy for Colorado. Um, I think, you know, he's definitely gonna be a guy that rises up draft boards this year. Um, and really one of the few bright spots other than their stadium and their uniform for for the Buffs out there. Uh, struggled uh, the last couple of years. Um, 
just coaching turnover and it's kind of hurt that program. But uh, yeah, I'll take Colorado. All right, finally, we'll go. Bryce, you have the number one pick. Final uh, se- section here is a best game of the mm. 2021 season upcoming. What do you think the best game is going to be? Um, few choices here. Yeah, I think it's fitting I get the number one pick here. Um, I think you guys might understand where I might go. You said it, yeah. it, it's between – I mean, th- there are there are some decent games. I do I do like uh, a couple of these matchups here. Um, nice Big Ten, uh, Pac-12 kind of little challenge here. But uh, give, give me some, some – uh, with the Ducks coming to the shoe, the old uh, 9 a.m. kickoff for them, uh, coming playing at noon. So uh, Ohio State versus Oregon. Uh, I'm excited for it. I think it's definitely going to be a uh, Ohio State's getting tested off the off the off the jump from Minnesota to play on a Thursday night, but then they turn around and they've got Oregon coming to town. So, uh, hey, whoever is our quarterback, CJ Stroud, that's who it's going to be. I don't know why everyone thinks it's going to be somebody else. It's CJ Stroud, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun test. Like um, you know, with this Thibodeau guy, um, or however you want to pronounce him, the town in Louisiana is Thibodeau. He might be Thibodeau, who fucking knows. But uh, um, going up against you know, Thayer Mumford and, and uh, Nicholas petit um, I think it's just going to be a fun battle up front. And, you know, Oregon's got a lot to prove. It should be a good matchup. All right, I'm down the two here. I'm, I'm second in line here. Um, I'm going to go with the homer pick, and then maybe Bobby takes his homer pick to uh, close it out here. But I'm going to stay week two, September 11th. Uh, UW comes to the big house to take on Michigan and uh, Michigan seasons won't be dead at that point. Maybe that'll be the start of it, but um, two proud football traditions, a um, few Rose Bowl matchups in the late eighties, early nineties um, to, to harken back on. Um, also, yeah, I think I remember Michigan going out to Washington to open up the season, like uh, in the John DeVar era. So in the in the early early two thousands, but uh, you know, the, yeah. I think that's the second pick, and I think I know where Bobby's going to go here, but maybe he'll surprise me here. Yeah. Um. What What else can you say about the Pac twelve other than the three best games that we pick all feature our own favorite team? Uh, <laughs> really, really says a lot about the conference. But yeah, October twenty third, under the lights, uh, coming into South Bend, Indiana, USC, Notre Dame. We were robbed of it last year. Um, we get it back again this year. Uh, under the lights in, in Irish Stadium is just—it's just one of the most exciting game atmospheres you could attend. Um, you know, Notre Dame's got the longest home winning streak going right now, and you know, we took—I uh, think Bryce or uh, Tyler—you took uh, no, Bryce took Slovis. Um, yeah, and he—he's the first USC quarterback that really—that really scares me, like going into a game since probably mark sanchez in what like 2008 um the kid the kids he's like you said he's a gunslinger uh, he has some good weapons around him i know he had a couple receivers go to the draft this past year um so i i think it'll be a great game um you know notre dame's gonna have a great defense this year hopefully by mid-season the offense is firing on all cylinders um but it, it's just good to have that rivalry game back this year playing for the george shillelagh yeah that's that's a obviously a helmet game like it doesn't matter the records you see that game on your tv you're, you're gonna watch it i feel like so uh i 
probably should have took that one if I wanted to win the draft, but I thought uh, I'll be nice uh, for the Pac-12. All right, let's move on to um, the tiers here. Um, I could start, or if you guys have strong opinions, um, you could give yours out first. Doesn't matter to me. Um, so I'm ready to I'm ready to roll whenever. Just give me give me the green light. Go, you got the green light. Go for <laughs> it. And I'm not trying to bash the Pac-12. It's just it's they're the West Coast. I miss a lot of their games, and honestly, their their product has been down lately. No, no, so. there's no question about that. All right, so uh, in my doormat tier, that is teams that have no heart, no soul, no chance, no will to live. Uh, won't even make a bowl game, probably. Um, I got Oregon State. I got Colorado. I got Arizona. Uh, Arizona. New coach, Jed Fish, comes in. Um, Oregon State, I feel like they were kind of pesky a couple years ago. Um, but, I mean, it's it's Oregon State. That's just kind of a place uh, nobody really wants to go. I mean, how many times did that Anderson guy – go there like the guy that was wisconsin's coach for a little bit mm-hmm. like i feel like they oh. hired him a couple of times gary anderson gary anderson <laughs> it's just like a factory of sadness so i got those three teams in uh in the doormat area now mediocre obviously that means these teams i feel like will be mediocre uh probably bowl eligible but you know nothing to write home about i got cal uh washington state and I actually put Arizona State in there just because I feel like, you know, with who knows, with them having uh, some recruiting issues during the COVID times, uh, the NCAA. I don't, I don't even know what to make of the NCAA now. Uh, what the last few weeks with NIL coming down, so who knows? They might get away unscathed with that. Uh, but I just feel like there's some turmoil there that that might bubble up this year. Plus, I mean, I know their division's kind of weak. Um, but I feel like their schedule, let me get to the schedule real quick. Yeah. They have to play at BYU, which I know that's on the conference game, but they, they get Stanford. They got to go to UCLA, go to Utah and go to Washington. Um, that's, that's pretty tough stretch or pretty tough slate. So they're in that mediocre tier. Hell, maybe they'll prove me wrong. All right. The contenders teams I could see, um, being ranked maybe. Uh, challenging for their respective divisions. But uh, I think Chip Kelly does take a little step this year uh, with 14th-year quarterback, DTR. I mean, that kid's been there forever, has he not? I mean, mm-hmm. but but I got I got the Bruins. Uh, I think David Shaw and Stanford has a little bit of a bounce back, and, and they're going to be uh, pesky. Utah's in that as well. Again, Kyle Whittingham talked about him in the draft, but he uh, he's going to get that Utes team punching above their weight no matter what. And then the contenders. I think you got your two teams in the north. Uh, it's chalk, but uh, Washington and Oregon, they're going to challenge for the Pac-12 crown. And then, of course, uh, USC, um, if not the most talented, the second most talented team recruiting ranking-wise uh, across the board uh, and the best quarterback with Keaton Slovis. So th- those those will be my tiers. Uh, in the Pac-12, um, I guess, Bobby, do you have yeah. yours ready? Yeah, I'll hop in. Go ahead. Uh, we got a, the, the doormats. Um, 
Arizona and Washington State, uh, I think you said it pretty good there. Um, just not a whole lot going on for them. Um, I'm going to throw in Oregon State and UCLA in there. I, I think mm. Chip Kelly, I, he, he had magic in a bottle when he was at Oregon, went to the NFL, bounced around, was in the media. And I, I just think he for that era of college football, he was perfect. The, the place he was in was perfect. And I just think he hasn't been able to recapture that. And I just don't think that they're going to have that same fire. Um, going into mediocre, uh, Colorado and Cal. Um, I think we both had them. We both have, have them there. Um, Colorado, I could, we could see them, you know, win off a string of here or two, one or two games and kind of find their way into that Pac-12 South contention. Um, but I, I think that that's probably the ceiling for them. Um, I want to throw Stanford in there as well. Um, they got a tough schedule. Uh, I don't think they have their quarterback coming back. I think he went out with injury last year and then ended up transferring. Um, so I think it's going to be kind of a learning year for Stanford. So I think they're about a year or two away. Uh, going into contenders, uh, USC, Utah, um, and then Washington. Uh, I think they're going to be right up there, you know, steal a game or two here and there. Uh, have some close ones in their respective divisions. Uh, that Washington-Oregon game is going to be a good one to watch in the first week of November. Um, and then Utah, they, they always surprise you. They always start off hot in uh, early September, go 3, 4, 5, and 0. And then they just kind of have a drop-off in the middle and kind of lose one they should have won. And then my contenders, Oregon and USC, uh, and Arizona State. Um, I think Arizona State – Jaden Daniels at quarterback. I think he's a great talent. Uh, Herm Edwards. Uh, I know we all dogged him a couple of years ago. You know, an NFL guy going to the college won't be able to recruit. Won't won't relate to the kids. Um, I think he's proved us wrong. He's got a good staff around him that helps out with that. Um, TBD with the investigation at ASU. So uh, we'll come back to that. And then Oregon. I think if Oregon, uh, if if they win the big one September 11th. Um, and I think they roll right into that game against Washington, and I think that'll be their next big test. Um, so I think those are my uh, my contenders there. Uh, it's a great right. summary. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, so there's not a ton of stuff I would like to be adding to this. Um, I know. Great. Um, I'm going to say tier one, one, one team. I'm going Oregon. Uh, then I've got kind of guys, the guys that are kind of challenged. Um, and I'll just kind of group them. I've kind of grouped them together. I've just said USC, Oregon, Utah, Arizona State, Washington. And then I just have like these, just kind of like your boring UCLA, Washington, Cal, Stanford. <laughs> just like, you know, they're going to, they're going to probably make, I'd say half of them will make a bowl, half of them won't. Then your doormat, I think Colorado, Oregon State, and Arizona are just going to be dog shit this year. So, I mean, I, I know who I think is going to come out of the, the north and the south, and I don't know. I just – I think there's some there's some good talent. Uh, I think Oregon, like I said, I've just kind of put them on the pedestal here. I think they're just a class um, with what they're, what they're doing on the recruiting trip. Um, I mean, I know they just landed like a five-star offensive tackle. So, I mean, they're, they're – you see who they just sent to the draft. Um and then, yeah, I just, I don't know. Give me, uh, well, give me Oregon to win it all, and then those are my tiers of uh, the the dog shit Pac-12. Well, there's people way more in the know than I am that 
I've read and 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 listened to that they say Oregon not depth wise but you know their top four or five defensive linemen and and their starting offensive line that is projected it's the it's the closest thing to uh, an SEC or Clemson or an Ohio State or a Notre Dame type front that you're gonna see so there's some high expectations there for sure at well, least up front in the trenches they're saying. You know, if they stay healthy, um, you know, they, they can compete. I mean, that's why that game in September 11th was pretty uh, big for them, especially going into Columbus. But don't sleep on Fresno State. Maybe I'm still kind of drinking that Pat Hill Kool-Aid from 20 years ago. But, you know, Fresno State, they'll play anybody, any place, anytime. And I still kind of believe that. So if they're overlooking that game um, – to try to get to Columbus, that, that could be closer than the experts think. And then I think, you know, Bobby mentioned it, um, November 6th, they go to Washington, um, you know, on paper going into the year. That's kind of a de facto Pac-12 North championship game. Um, we'll see. We'll see about that. But, you know, Oregon has to go to Stanford. In the division as well, they got to go to Utah and UCLA and crossover games, so the conference didn't really do them any any favors. Um, and playing Ohio State out of conference, so uh, I think I think we'll know pretty quick whether this team's uh, a legit playoff contender. Bobby, I'll throw it to you first uh, here. Who, who's going to play for the Pac-12, and then I mean playoff chances, like realistically. Um, do you just give it like the standard 20% because there's five power conference teams? Is it higher? Is it lower? And then getting ahead, do you think the Pac 12 gets a representative this year? Uh, yeah, uh, conference championship game. Uh, I'm gonna go with Washington coming out of the north. I think they're gonna beat Oregon in that home game in November. Um, kind of roll through the rest of the north division. Uh, who does Washington play in the south? Let me look them up real quick. Uh, um, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. So I, I feel like they get the, the doormat down there. Um, so I, I think Washington comes out of the north. And I think they ended up playing uh, USC out of the south. Um, I, I think what's going to happen is that they're just going to beat each other up like they do every year. I mean, you know, every year Oregon's 9-0. and You're expecting them to go undefeated. And then they blow one to UCLA or Oregon State in rivalry week. So it's always something like that. Um, and I got Washington winning the Pac-12 playoff chances for the Pac-12 as a whole, 5%. Um, I, I, think the <laughs> content, I think the contenders that we talked about, Washington, Oregon, USC, I think they all lose in the game of the year that we picked. I think Oregon loses to Ohio State. Washington loses to Michigan. USC is going to lose at Notre Dame. So that kind of takes them out. So there, there you have all of them have one loss at least. And if you compare their resumes to one loss, Alabama, one loss, Oklahoma, you're always going to go with Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State. It, it, it The Pac-12 just doesn't have a chance until there is expansion in the playoff. And even then it's going to be just because they're a power five conference. Um, and, like, I got Washington going, and Washington probably their best chance if they win the Pac-12. Um, gun to head, no Pac-12 team makes a playoff this year again. Yeah. Um, I, I'll i go with mine, then, Bryce. You can 
Okay, you kind of tip, tipped your hand, but um, yeah, I'm going with the chalk. I got Oregon going up against USC, both those teams. Uh, 11 to 4 to win the conference championship, according to Vegas right now. So I know it's chalk. Um, and and I would I would lean USC just you know a little bit easier schedule in my opinion. Uh, I think they can get there cleaner. Not saying they're going to be undefeated. Uh, I think I'd probably lean with somewhat with what you just said, Bobby. Where Notre Dame takes out SC and Ohio State takes out Oregon. I'm not willing to to jump on Washington losing to Michigan just yet. But uh, but anywho, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Trojans. Um, and they'll, they'll get the Alliance Bowl for the Pac-12 champ in, in the New Year's Six. But uh, the reason why I kind of laughed is I actually wrote down 5% as well. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to be an asshole and put zero. But, yeah, I, I put down 5%. Like, yeah, you know, maybe if if UCLA blows up, I mean, they got a really tough schedule coming into the year. Uh, or Stanford's got a top 10 strength of schedule coming into the year. I think USC is like in the in the mid twenties. Uh, Oregon, weirdly enough, I think their schedule is like fifty or forty nine, and that you got to look like that's all like Ohio State and, and Washington kind of pumping that schedule up to where it's at. But um, yeah, just some of the teams that that actually have that schedule, and I know strength the schedule is fluid; uh, it could change depending on how teams play and stuff like that. But uh, Going on what we know, what we think, uh, the teams that would have that resume to, to beat out an SEC, a Clemson, a Notre Dame, a Big Ten champ, uh, those those are the teams that's not going to be clean uh, enough. So, yeah, but I didn't want to be an asshole. Um, all right, Bryce, uh, your your final your final predictions or thoughts here uh, with the playoff with the Pac-12 and the title game. I can be the asshole. Um, Go for it. No, no, I won't. I won't do that. <laughs> um, so give me, uh, give me Oregon out of the uh, out of the north, and I'll take, I'll take Arizona State down down under uh, to pull pull something out of their ass, and somehow, I don't know. They they their offense is usually pretty solid. They score points. Um, their defense can't keep up with the run. Um, they just get ran on. Um, but I don't know. I'm going full Herm this year and uh, leave, leave it on the grass, leave it on the grass. Yep. Just he's, he's got me fired up as my coach in our, in our draft here. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with him. I'll ride, ride or die with uh, Mr. Her, Mr. Herm Edwards. Um, Oregon's going to win. Okay. Got them winning it all. Um, not the national championship guys, but just winning, winning the pack 12. I will, uh, I will say this: my percentage is is it was higher, five um, percent might as well be zero. Like, what's the, you know? Come on, it just might as well. When you see your phone, it's a five percent. You're like, I'm fucked. So, you know, if your phone is at twenty percent now, I will give it a twenty percent chance. I think this is crazy, but hear me out. I think. Oregon has the benefit of playing Ohio State, meaning if they do have the one loss on the record and it's to Ohio State on the road and it's a competitive game and they then run the table, I think that's going to make a pretty pretty interesting argument um, for the committee to say, huh, like let's take a look at it, especially if Ohio State then also goes undefeated and they're sitting at one. You know, could have another uh, a rematch in the playoff. Probably won't happen. 
again, 20%, still not uh, good odds there. Um, that's why I'm saying 20% and I'll uh, gun to head. Do they just, no, no, I don't think they do. Gun to head, I'm saying no, but I'll give them a 20% chance of making it. Um, yeah, that's probably, that's probably more fair than what Bobby and myself did there. Um, and I, I do agree where that's, that could be best case scenario instead of just trying to, to gut your way through and stay unbeaten. But what is, if? What, the think the what if, though. Like, with a, if Ohio State does drop to Oregon, right, then it's shit. What would you guys say? What would your, I, well, what would your uh, uh, percentage go to? Oh, well, man, I, you know, I, I'm an overreactor. I'm an overreactor, so I would, I would, I would bump that up probably to like seventy percent or something like that, because I would think like, oh, okay, Oregon's a top four team now. Mm-hmm. Like, just going in there and doing that, like, you know, I think the last time we've seen that happen, I mean, it's not apples to apples, but um, I know Oklahoma had those expectations going into the year. That Baker went into this year and beat them, and that that was a playoff team, right? Out of a out of a conference that isn't the SEC and and isn't the Big Ten. So uh, yeah, I. What about you, Bob? Like, would you knee jerk react that much, or just you still think the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize itself? I I, I definitely would overreact um, just because being like what week two, week three, whatever you want to call it, um, with the week zero. I, I I wouldn't overreact like like up to seventy. I'd probably say like twenty five percent, just because they do have that easier schedule from there on out, other than the, the Washington game. Um, but I, being that early, any like a lot can change soup like that. Like we we've seen um, Michigan lose one game early in the year like that before and be a top four team, and then end of the year it all. Falls apart like in twenty sixteen. Thanks. <laughs> I had to get mm. that in there. That was that was great, great analogy. So I I do think that there my chances would bump them up, but no, I still don't think they would make it. Well, I I don't I don't know where you guys are at, but I'm I I'm rooting for the Pac twelve to to just get just get in the mix. I mean, like seriously, when was the last time a Pac twelve team was in the discussion? Uh, was it the year Washington got into the four? And even then, I remember thinking, like, I guess you know, record-wise, yeah, they're they they're kind of the de facto fourth team. But like, I never thought they were the fourth best team that year. Like, I I I can't even think of the last time we took a a Pac-12 team like serious, other I mean, than like the Chip Kelly, Marcus Mariota, Oregon years. Like, yeah. Or, Hell flick, you know, or whatever. Hell for a gym. I see. Whatever. Hell, I just got them confused. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe those Shaw Stanford teams with, uh, with or Harbaugh Stanford teams before that too. Maybe, but I never thought they were like. I knew they were good. They were just limited. So, I can I, Yeah, I don't know when the last time I took a Pac-12 team serious. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you there, Matt when Washington got blown out in the playoff game, um, was it, was it the first year of the playoff when Mariota took him to the championship against Ohio state? I think that's yeah, probably certainly, certainly was. Cause I mean, USC has gotten close a few times, but 
they always end up losing two games. I think the closest they've been to like national was when uh, they played Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that year Washington went, like I said, it was kind of like the committee was like, all right, we don't really have many options here. But well, I think they they beat like uh, was it a, a, a it was a top ten matchup. I think they're like preseason number six, and Auburn was like eight or nine, and they beat them in Jerry World. And then, I mean, Utah was ranked that year. Um, BYU. So and then they beat Utah twice. Who was kind of kind of hung around like the teens all year, and what they're I think they were unbeaten. Maybe yeah, I think they went twelve or thirteen and out that year. Maybe they lost the no, they lost to Auburn. I feel like I can't remember. Who knows? I could have looked it up, but that's just not my style right now. Well, I think Oregon got kind of hurt last year, right? Because I mean, they were weren't they undefeated or something? Or they did they lose one game, but then they like came back up into the top ten? But they just they only played like five no, games I, and. No, I think actually Washington was supposed to be the North champ at three and one, mm-hmm. but they had COVID and then they just, the Pac-12 was like, well, we still need to get our money. We'll just give it to the second place team in the division. So Oregon, Oregon got the nod, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know where you guys are at. I mean, I said it all last year and I, I truly meant it. It wasn't like sour grapes because my team sucked, but I felt like if your team didn't win the, the national championship, you just kind of throw your hands up like, oh, it's a throwaway year. And Oregon had expectations going into last year before, you know, Sewell. Many people thought he could be like the first pick of the draft. Uh, Thibodeau and that D-line, like if we had the normal year last year, yeah. Uh, Ohio State was supposed to get out there and, and play in that uh, marquee non-conference right. game or one of the non- marquee non-conference games. And, of course, we all know what happened with with COVID and stuff. So, I, you know, I just – the Pac-12 is kind of a – it's a loose cannon in a bad way anyway. And especially yeah. – we don't really know. I think we'll get into it as we start previewing all these conferences. I mean, we don't really know hardly shit about any of these teams because, you know, the extra year eligibilities for a lot of these guys, it's it's just – it's a, it's a toss-up. Yeah, you're right. It's funny. It's almost like you forget – last year happened in a way like if it wasn't for you know ohio state um you know trouncing clemson like i think that was like the one thing if i could take one thing away from you know last year it just seems like yeah man like yeah like what a a wasted year with justin fields in a way it just seems like we never got a full season to see like compare his stats um to other you know heisman hopefuls just thinking like a full year of him, what that could have done, you know, could he have won the Heisman, you know, who knows? Obviously, Devontae Smith was insane and he proved it, especially in the national championship that he's, you know, by far probably the best player, uh, best receiver I've seen in a while. But yeah, I, yeah, last year it's like you're thinking, wait, did that happen last year or the year before? I guess that's like what I'm because didn't Oregon play Wisconsin like in the, in the Rose Bowl, but that was like two years ago. Am I losing my mind here? Like, that, yeah, that was Herbert's last, last right. game. Yeah, see, yeah. it's like I, I keep gravitating back to that. It's tough. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I I mean I I think we've we've uh, done a decent little preview here. I guess maybe one more question, and 
if you guys don't have anything to add, then we'll get out of here in under an hour. But I mean, outside of the obvious, I'll, I'll throw it to Bob first, and then Bryce, you can react to that after him. But outside of the obvious, like recruiting better, uh, what 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 can the Pac-12 do? <laughs> um, you know, to to get more eyeballs and, and get more respect in in the football realm. Is there is there any one thing you can point to, maybe, or or you know, is it too many problems to fix in a short amount of time? Is it NIL? Like, what what do you think, Bob? I it, it's tough to say because you know, for years you'd watch you, Ohio State would be your twelve o'clock game, Notre Dame would be your three thirty game, just the traditional times. And you'd always have a late night Pac-12 game, Pac-10 game back then. Um, so I, I think if they could, like, especially with more and more states and more and more uh, things happening with uh, legalized sports betting, leaning into the late night, you know, a nine o'clock start in Washington. So that'd be midnight here for us. But, you know, we've been drinking beers all day and you're coming down from it and you're throwing out one last hope to try to win some money. So I think if they kind of lean into that, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, they had the traditional rivalries out of conference, Notre Dame, USC, Notre Dame, Stanford. Uh, but I, I think stepping out and doing a little more like Oregon and Ohio State, that's been in years in the making. I think that's great. They're going to be playing over here on this side of the country. There's going to be more eyes on them playing Ohio State. Same thing with Washington going to Michigan. They're going to be playing in front of uh, 110,000 people there. So I, I think if they continue to build their um, out-of-conference schedules early in the season to where they get across here or get more of those teams watching out west, I think that will help them a lot just to get more viewerships because most of their games are on, like, Fox Sports 1. And, you know, unless your team is playing on that channel consistently, you're not going to, like, tune in for that. So I just think it's got to be more more exposure to more national brands. Bryce, you have anything? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like I think they're doing the right thing by scheduling, you know, home and homes versus, you know, you could say Blue Bloods, you know, with an Ohio State and, uh, you know, and, and Michigan getting getting some rep. I, I think it's – I think a lot of it, guys, is just culture. Um, I don't know. It seems like – you know, West Coast, maybe – I don't want to say more laid back. They don't watch football because um, that's not the case because they, they have produced um, teams that have been successful, obviously. You know, like we said, Oregon, Stanford had a nice run. Um, you know, UCLA, USC back in, the, like, the 70s have always – you know, were always, you know, elite. Those were your best teams in the country. And, and it seems like they've – I don't want to say stepped away, but – um, I don't know, maybe this change up with a, a commissioner, Larry Scott, getting him out of there. And then they I'm trying to remember who who's the commissioner. I think he had kind of a, a funky name. Um, what is his name? Uh, it's like it, it's I don't want to say it sounds like Russian or something, but uh, or like European. But uh, maybe he can bring, uh, you know, bring a little juice. Um, little bring George bring some juice to it george Kilikoff or something along yeah those lines. yeah it, it's it's something like that um yeah actually yeah so maybe he can you know he can bring some sort of value back to that but yeah i think it's just it, it is recruiting it's it's uh 
Right. I mean, keep, that's keep, that's the obvious, you know. Yeah. I mean, look at look at what Ohio State's doing. You know, they they've just pulled um, back to back years the number one player out of Washington with uh, I'm not J- JTT. I'm not going to pronounce Tulio Mola or whatever his name is. The the freak five star kid out of Washington, um, and then. Uh, I believe it was who else? Uh, G. Scott uh, Juniors from there. Uh, I believe it's Emeka Abuka, the number one receiver in the country. He's from Washington. So all those guys are coming to Ohio State. So it's keeping those. You know, it's recruiting. That's really what it is because that makes you better. Um, it makes you, you know, be in the spotlight more. So I know you said besides recruiting, but no, it, it, no you're that's, right. That's I mean, certainly the main thing. I, I, my, my thing is like you know, I think. This year, or maybe after 2022, uh, ESPN takes over the uh, SEC contract, and Fox has kind of put all their eggs in the in the Big Ten basket. If you look at like Big Noon Saturday, um, mm-hmm. and I know like I know the 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 Big Twelve kind of bounces back and forth with with Fox, and they're kind of playing the middle there with ESPN and Fox. I think CBS is going to be looking for a partner, and if I'm the Pac-12, I'm I'm doing everything I can just to get on. And Brian or Bobby, you mentioned it in your little spiel about it. Like, you know, the Pac-12. Like, anytime there's a big game, it seems like it's on like an FS1, and it's in a weird time slot where, um, you know, it's it, it's kind of either butted up against like the the second wave of kickoffs around three thirty. Or they're they're trying to match up against like ABC's big eight o'clock kickoff, and it's just kind of like, come on, what what are you guys doing? Like, I mean, if there's like major college football on at night, like I'm a degenerate. Like, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna try to chase and throw a little money on it. So, but I don't know if CBS is gonna want to do that. But I mean, there there could be a void there where, you know, hey, there's gonna be the Pac-12 game of the week at at five or four. Eastern time uh, on CBS. I think that that's kind of their, their, I think they should go after that, that TV contract. Maybe the CBS don't want it. Maybe that'll be like the big 12's new home or something along those lines, or maybe they're going to try to bid for the big 10. I don't know, but uh, I, I think, you know, definitely getting on a network. uh, That's one of the main channels. That's easy to find uh, could solve a lot of problems. Plus, I've never had access to the Pac-12 network. I hear it's awful. You can't stream it really if you're on the road or in a hotel or working or, or you know, not at home. So that that's kind of been a flop too. So uh, I think they're kind of hurting themselves in that realm. What about, um, you know, this is probably be dumb to compete against the NFL, not saying Sundays, but, uh, th- I mean, I don't know, like a Thursday, your Thursday night, put your best game on Thursday night. I don't know. Sometimes Thursday night NFL games are, boring maybe you might schedule it around that um, well yeah like, i mean maybe when we, maybe when we were growing up it wasn't the pac-12 but i mean that's kind of you know virginia tech and west virginia like those small mid-tier yeah. like acc big east teams at the times they would have like big thursday night games when we were growing up in the 90s and i thought that was awesome like yeah like, it seems like yeah the nfl kind of took Right. I just remember, I think it was, you know, what was it? It's probably 2007, 2008. I think what Oregon state upsetting USC there. Yeah. I think that was a Thursday night. I remember just being yeah, it was. glued to my TV there. So I don't know, maybe something with that. But then again, you're, you know, NFL is King. 
a ratings ratings show. So I don't know. Just a thought there. And, and by the oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to mention Friday. Like, I know the Big Ten's kind of dipped their toe in that waters, but uh, I know there's been a few few institutions. My school being one of them. It's like, well, we don't really want to step on high school. Like that's Friday nights are for high school, but maybe the Pac-12 just kind of like says like, hey, like this this is our night. We're gonna put some of our marquee like early to middle of the season games on that. And really, like, I mean, if you look the Apple Cup, the the Civil War in Oregon, USC UCLA, they're always like the last week of the regular season. But like, I feel like Oregon. Oregon, Washington always jumps around the schedule. Like, I feel like they need to find, like, a date where – I mean, I know that game sucks now, but, like, Tennessee, Alabama is always the third Saturday in October. Like, you could set your watch to it. Or the Florida-Georgia game, that's always, like, Halloween week. Like, the last full week in October. Like, you could set your watch to those, those rivalry games, and I feel like maybe if you start doing that with Oregon-Washington, like, that's a rivalry game that those two teams – uh, in the last few years have kind of been uh, carrying the water in the north for sure. Or uh, Stanford, Oregon. Like, I feel like those games just jump around too much where there's no continuity there. Right. No, that's true. Um, I did did a little bit of research. Okay. Uh, Kliavkov, okay? Okay. <laughs> he, com- he comes to the Pac-12 conference from MGM Resorts International. Oh, where he was president Bobby. of entertainment and sports. How about that, guys? Bobby, there you go. Something with the gambling. It all leads back to gambling. So, kind of a mix. I said Larry Scott sucked, and they got a dude that's from fucking Vegas coming in. <laughs> hey, we need some juice, baby. Let's do it. And all the money. That's what. That's what's going to be happening. I'm so so excited for Ohio to to fucking go full time. Go just. Like gamble, sports betting, gambling, that would be fantastic. I'm uh, when I was up in Michigan there like a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, I was just fucking betting on so much shit. I, I <laughs> just dumb, just dumb stuff. I was like, fuck it, over unders, why not? <laughs> NBA games, it was like you know, the Nets, the Nets series, and I was like, under, and sure enough, it kept hitting. It was hilarious. There I was like, go. there's no way they're gonna score 230 points this game, this game, and they like they fell short, but it was, it was just so much fun. I I I I definitely want it. Don't get me wrong, but to me, it's kind of like underage drinking, where like you know you're doing something wrong, you're taking a little bit of a risk doing it on the offshore online books, like we still have to do. Uh, but then it's a pain in the ass when you try to like cash out, and you know it, it's it's a it's a fucking it's a racket. So I'm like the I high mean, school kid in or the kid in high school that didn't drink and. uh I go to college and I'm gonna gonna like so, like get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> dude, dude, let's fucking funnel this Jaeger, this whole yeah. bottle of Jaeger. Yeah. <laughs> just don't have a. I just don't have a. We share a credit card, my wife and I, but that uh, you know, checking account. That's gonna have to know anything. <laughs> What's this DraftKings uh, thing? You know? Oh, nothing. So, something from work. Fan, fantasy so, football. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that, that's the pack 12 preview uh not unless you guys have any more to say if not uh that's like said like an hour nice nice and tidy yeah a lot of fun it's good to get back you know shake the rust off uh 
start talking some football. We are certainly in the dog days of summer, and uh, we'll do this to pull us through till uh, August. The NFL training camp is going to be right, right. Yeah, so we'll uh, plan next uh, next time next week. We're back on uh, Big Twelve. We'll do the Big Twelve uh, conference. We're a little more familiar with. Um, if that's if that's okay with these. What we're doing here is we're building. So uh, Bobby Bobby's Notre Dame stuff's going to happen in the, in the ACC. So that'll be the next to last one. And then me and Bryce will have our our Big Ten preview uh the last one so we'll do uh big 12 sec acc big 10 that's that's the plan anyway if that's okay with with the all i love it yep all right boys any famous last words <laughs> uh you, you you play yeah you play to win the game no that was uh, the theme for me this uh this podcast here <laughs> yeah we're talking playoffs <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on. All right, thanks for listening. Rate, follow, subscribe, review, all those things on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all of it. We're on there. Share it with your friends. Um, And follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. Just pull up both those applications. Search Podcast PCAST, bam, smash those buttons, and uh, it'll keep you up to date. And uh, links to uh, all all the shows. So. do all that. It's much appreciated. We thank you for listening, taking time out of your day, night, morning to do so. Um, until next time, thanks for listening. We'll see you later.